0: Hi, it's Bella, and this is Bloodshed with Bella. This week, we'll be talking about Carl Copolino. Carl grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, where his parents owned a barbershop. They were extremely poor, and this influenced him to get a prestigious career in the medical field. He went to Fordham University and graduated in 1954, and sunny Downstate Medical Center in 1958. He met his wife, Carmela Musetta, a fellow medical student whom he married in 1956. After graduating, he began working at the Riverview Hospital in New Jersey as an anesthesiologist. During this time, he began working on cultivating the practice of hypnosis, which led him to practice his hypnosis, trying to treat the forty-eight-year-old neighbor of his, Marjorie Farber, to help her stop smoking. Yet, in nineteen sixty-two, Marjorie and Carl began having an affair while Carl's wife was pregnant with their second child. After this, the hospital in which Carl worked at let him go after the FBI had to question him and he admitted to sending threatening letters to a female co-worker of his. He took a disability retirement at the age of 30, due to his poor health at the time. He filled his newfound time honing his hypnotherapy skills on Marjorie and spending time with her. In the morning of July 30th, 1963, William Farber, Marjorie Farber's husband, began complaining of chest pains, yet he refused to go to the hospital. And late that afternoon, Carl's phone rang. It was Marjorie. She had found her husband William unconscious in his bed. Marjorie was begging Carl to come over. Yet, due to him being retired, he was not allowed to practice medicine and was worried of doing so if there was an actual emergency. So he sent his wife Carmela to check on William since she had her medical license. Upon arriving, Carmella found William dead and blue all down one side of his body, and no signs of outward trauma. On the instruction of Carl, Carmela signed the death certificate that William had died from coronary thrombosis, a heart attack, yet there was no autopsy performed. The Copolino family soon after, in 1965, picked up and moved to Florida, with Marjorie in tow as their new neighbor in Florida. Once there, Carmela was not able to pass the Florida medical examination, so she was unable to get a well-paying job to provide for Carl's need for a substantial lifestyle. Although Marjorie and Carl stayed close, their affair began to drift apart, and Carl's attention was drawn elsewhere. He began an affair with Mary Gibson, who was a wealthy divorcee whom he met while playing bridge, who helped maintain his want for a rich lifestyle. And shortly after this, he requested a divorce from his wife, of which she declined. And in the early hours of August 28, 1965, carl called dr juliet caro in tears he began telling how he had come upon his wife hi everyone thank you so much for listening to the episode so far i just wanted to pop in and let everyone know that i have an instagram and a patreon both will be linked in the show notes below if you want any up-to-date information on what's happening with the podcast follow the instagram And if you follow my Patreon, you'll get special perks like getting episodes out early and special things by being able to vote for what episodes you want in the future. So thank you so much. All those will be in the show notes below. Carl told the doctor that he had found his wife dead from a heart attack. Although, the doctor was confused, since Carmella was only 32 years old at the time of her death, and a heart attack was uncommon for someone of that age. Yet, there was no obvious signs of trauma that said otherwise. So, she signed the death certificate that Carmella died from coronary failure. Marjorie expected that she would be able to jump right into Carmella's place. Carl wrote, The children ask for mommy. And when will I get a new mommy? The children need love, affection, and home life. The only solution is to marry again, and as soon as possible. I'm sure that when I do, my action will be frowned upon. But Ed, until one is in my same position, don't think they have the right to judge. In a letter that he wrote to Dr. Edwin Webb, And he did quickly marry, but not to Marjorie but to Mary Gibson. Now, in doing research, I saw multiple different time frames of how quickly he married Mary, ranging from 22 days to five weeks. But either way, Carl married Mary very quickly, and Marjorie was less than happy to learn of this. So she went right to Dr. Caro, telling her that Carl had killed her husband by injecting him with an anesthetic drug called suxicoline, Yet, he did not die immediately, and Carl then had to smother him with a pillow. And that he had hypnotized her into going along with it. She had claimed that he had done the same with his wife Carmela, and that she had died from the injection. In small doses, anesthesiologists use this drug for intubation, but in high doses, it is lethal. And what was Carl earlier in life? An anesthesiologist. Now, neither body had had an autopsy performed at the time of death, since there was nothing suspicious surrounding the death at the time that indicated that they needed one. Yet after this, each body was exhumed and examined. It was found that neither person had had any evidence of heart problems that could have led to the death of a heart attack. Carl went to court for the death of William Farber in 1966. Yet, because William had been dead for more than two years, the medical examiner could not determine what exactly the cause of death, meaning there was no definitive proof that Carl had killed him, so the jury found him not guilty. Then, in 1967, the trial began for Carmella's death. A doctor testified that he gave Carl six vials of succinylcholine a few weeks before his wife's death because he said he needed it for research. Also. Carl increased his wife's life insurance shortly before her death. Also, due to Carmela not being dead as long, the medical examiner was able to find a syringe wound in her buttocks and find high levels of succinylcholine in her body. So, six hours into deliberation, Carl was found guilty for second-degree murder of his late wife, Carmela. Then, at the age of 47, he was released after serving only 12 years of his sentence in 1979. And a year later, he wrote the book, The Crime That Never Was, where he stated that he was the victim and that everyone else was to blame. Now, I have never personally read this book, but in doing research, it seems as though he paints himself as the victim and that he did nothing wrong. Now, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Carl Coppolino. And all of the uh, resources that I've used for this episode will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening.